Well, good morning and welcome back and happy after, uh, day, four or five days after Thanksgiving, two, three, four days. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 20. <clears throat> Got a call from Jake the other day and I missed his call because I was on the phone with somebody else and then, uh, then I called him right back. It was amazing how fast you can get back. I mean, it went right to him and he's overseas. Uh, and uh, so we got right there and we talked for a little bit and he was all excited. Uh, I guess the, he had led a guy to the Lord and he had transferred and the guy had called him back and just thanked him for doing that. And uh, he was, I mean, you, you could hear it in his voice how excited he was. And I said, brother, wait till you, and I told him about that uh, John Keith calling me up after 37 years. I said, wait till you, 37 years later, man. I said, Lord Terry's, and you keep doing what you're doing. I said, you're going to have a ton of people that's out there. And uh, at any given time in your life, you could be driving down the road. As long as you keep the same phone number and never lose anything or have some way of them contacting you, they can contact you later on down the road. And he, he was like, man, he said, that's exciting. I mean, he just here. So he's taking uh, Peacock, Dr. Peacock's course down there, and he's in, in rightly dividing right now. And he goes, I didn't know half of that. He said, I didn't even know that stuff. And it's just amazing. Uh, you hear a young man sit there and go through it. And uh, I just thought about Thanksgiving when we had our service. It's, it, what a blessing it is just sit here and be able to stand back and hold something in place long enough to let some other people get their fitting, footing. It says over in, uh, it says, uh, and doing all to stand, stand. And the hard part sometimes is standing. Uh, and if you can hang out there long enough and help other people stand to where they can get their footing, number one, you need to get your footing so that your footing's in the right place and you can stand. Uh, you're, you don't have to do a whole lot of stuff, but stand there. Uh, uh, most Walmart greeters, all they have to do is say hi. <laughs> you, you don't have to have a lot of anything to be a Walmart greeter. I mean, just, and, and they come in the store and buy stuff. Uh, that's all Walmart pays us for, pays, uh, pays us for. <laughs> that's what I'm going to be doing here shortly, man, probably. I'll be a Walmart greeter. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 20, verse 1. Just came out of, uh, 19. Uh, Father, thank you for your blessings. Uh, thank you for just letting us come to church on Sunday morning. Lord, thank you for a, a place to come to that, that we still, uh, uh, readily access. Uh, Lord, no, don't have to do the things. Uh, the world, Lord, is going crazy right now, but Lord, we we know what uh, who's in charge and who's got control of the whole thing, and Lord, just help us to trust you continually. Again, thank you for uh, allowing us to be here today. Thank you for a book that we can hold in our hands. Uh, bless the Sunday school classes this morning, Father, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lot, Lot uh, is uh, up on the side of a mountain with his two daughters. Moab and Ammon comes out of that. Uh, that's pretty much the last you hear of Lot right there. Until you get over into the New Testament where Peter is sitting there saying that righteous Lot. Uh, Lot didn't even show up in the uh, great men of the faith, the heroes of the faith. He had no, he had no faith. And there's where the problem lies. Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please him. If you look down that list of things in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the great men of faith, you can find a lot of problems with all those people. But there's one thing they had all in common, and that was faith. They believed God. Abraham believed God, it was counted to him righteous. Abraham, uh, David believed God, and he was a friend of God. Uh, when you sit there and look at that stuff, every single one of them, uh, I don't care who you choose down that uh, list, each one of those, Samson believed God. Uh, Samson was a mess, but he still believed God. He believed God. And, and the Lord knows how messed up we are. Uh, and if you don't think you're messed up, then you are deceiving yourself. You just haven't compared yourself to the right people yet. Uh, and if you really just stop that thing and compare yourself to God, yes, ma'am. Okay. But you compare, I thought you were waiting at the door to, but anyway, if, if you compare yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll find out real soon that, that we do not meet the mark. There's just no possible way you can meet the mark. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong in that. Genesis 20, 
Abraham, uh, after the, the uh, situation happens with Lot on the side of that mountain, uh, he gets up and heads out of Dodge, and he starts heading down south. And it says right there, it says, Abraham journeyed uh, from thence uh, toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and Sojourn and Giar. And Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister, and Abimelech, king of Giar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art uh, but a dead man, thou art, uh, but, yeah, but a dead man, uh, for the woman which thou hast taken, uh, for she is a man's wife. And Abimelech said, uh, and Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister, and she even her, uh, she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him, in a dream. Yes, I know that thou did this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I uh, thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man, his wife, and he, uh, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, uh, thou, uh, thou know that thou, uh, that thou, blah, 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 blah. Know thou that thou, thou shalt, man, King James English, you'd think I'd have got it by now. Know thou that that thou that shalt surely. What a way to do that, man. I think the Lord did that on purpose. Surely die, thou and all that are thine. Father, again, thank you for your blessings this morning. Uh, bless the lesson and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You want to talk about the mercies of God. I mean, this, this is just an unbelievable passage as you go through here. I appreciate it more and more. I just got through reading. Uh, through uh, Ezekiel and back into Daniel. And the more I read uh, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the rest of them, I am, uh, I am just completely in, 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 in awe of how God's mercy is toward us. Sarah is 90 years old. Well, ladies, I tell you what, you want a good way to live a godly life for 90 years, and it'll show on your face. Back then, I mean, they lived a lot longer than we live. Uh, but she didn't need Maybelline or what are all those other new ones that they have out there. Uh, I don't think they had none of that stuff back then. Uh, she had to look good because Abimelech took her as a wife. Uh, he said he hadn't touched her yet, so he didn't think she was past her, her, her desire for him. I mean, I, I, you, I, you say, well, you don't have to be so blunt. She still probably was a good-looking woman, 90 years old. Could you imagine? I'm telling you what, brother, the Lord, I don't see why anybody wouldn't want to follow God. Uh, every time you, you talk to anybody, and after I watch people who live a life, I got to preach a funeral Thursday, and I'm going to do it for a friend, and, and, uh, and, uh, but they're all lost. Uh, the woman may be lost, probably is lost. Uh, they just look rough, and they've lived, most of them are 10, 15 years younger than me, and they look like they're 10 or 15 years older than me. And I'm sitting there going, what a, what a way to live a life, and you cannot convince them to get any other life other than that. They just think that's what they should do. And I, that, when I hear that, I, I don't ridicule them. I'm, just, I'm like, Lord, thank you for getting me down a path uh, that I had left that when I was 22 years old, and, and it, I'm still going down that same path. Uh, one would wonder why Abraham. Here's Abraham. He says, there's an Abraham journey toward the, uh, thence toward the south country. Uh, verse 2, and Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister, and Abimelech, king of Gerah, sent and took her. You'd wonder why Abraham did it. Go back to Genesis chapter 12 real quick. Oh, Abraham. 
It is verse 10, 12, 10. And there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he was come near uh, to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarah his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Uh, therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is, this is his wife, and they, shall, and they will kill me. But uh, they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, that thou art my sister. So he does the exact same thing. Uh, this is 1920 and B.C., and this is 19. So that's about 22 years earlier. Abraham did the exact same thing. And the Lord did the exact same thing back then that he's getting ready to do right now. Uh, and you would, think, you would think that Abraham would learn his lessons. Uh, almost all the commentators out there, none of them, none of them can get to the idea that, hey, uh, you and I are flesh, and we mess up, and we blow it. And just like the Old Testament saints, the New Testament saints aren't any better. Uh, Abraham, the ordeal, uh, you would think that uh, Genesis 12, 12, he would have, Abraham would have uh, had a lapse of faith, that he wouldn't have had a lapse of faith, but he did. Uh, the ordeal he had with Pharaoh should have been real fresh in his mind just 22 years earlier. His close fellowship with God in 15, uh, chapter 15, uh, the promises given to him by God in chapter 15, along with that, he was promised to Isaac as a seed, and Isaac comes in the next chapter. And then he's up on the mountain talking to the Lord about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Lord listens to him, and, I mean, even has dinner with him, everything else. You would not think, you would say, man, if I had dinner with the Lord, if he would come and have dinner with me, I wouldn't, oh, yes, you would. Uh, don't ever think you won't. You know what the, the blessing part about this whole thing is? Is God is gracious and merciful and loving and kind, and we're a bunch of hoseheads. And even though we're a bunch of hoseheads, if you got some faith in you, if you're a faithful hosehead, he will love you to death. He will overlook about 900,000 million percent of what you do wrong if you just love him. Because he knows that your, your frame is dust. He knows that you're going to mess up. He understands all. You're fighting against the devil. You're not fighting. All the way through here, you know what you see? You see a man coming down through here and Satan constantly trying to mess with that seed. He's trying to, he's trying to stop the seed. He gets in the garden. What's he do with Adam and Eve? He messes with Eve. To mess with that seed coming down through there. Uh, he messes with Adam. He does whatever he can down through there as you come down. Uh, uh, Noah and, and his wife and three kids and three daughter-in-laws, uh, Satan from all the way down to Noah messed with the, the bloodlines. The uh, sons of God came down and mated with the daughters of men to mess up that bloodline. God kept that thing pure all the way through to Noah. Got down to Noah and Shem come out of that thing, him and his wife. And the bloodline comes down through here. And all of a sudden now you're down here to Abraham, which he's the bloodline of Shem. And the bloodline is still clean, and him and, and Sarah's going to have a baby here in a bit that's going to take us all the way down to Jesus Christ. And Satan is trying to stop that thing all the way through. You know what he's trying to do in your life? Stop you. He doesn't care one bit about anything he does. You would think all these things would strengthen him up. You would think we have a Bible in our hand, and the Bible would change your life. But the question is, is why doesn't it? Uh, I, it, it? I used to read this all the time. I'm like, every time I read the same story, I'm like, man, you just wish sometimes that the... The, the Bible was a little more progressive, that it would change as you read it, and that if, if God's hand was really on it, that he'd mis mysteriously just change the words and change the stories. And every now and then, David would do the right thing. The next time, he would do the right thing. But, it, but what is written is written, and you read the thing, and you sit there and say, well, here's Abraham. He's a friend of God. 
David's a man after God's own heart. Why would these men do what they did? Because they're just men. Then we get Paul. And Paul says, you know why they did what they did? Ephesians 4.22. Take your Bibles and go to Ephesians. It's an amazing book. You have something that they don't have. Ephesians 4.22. Verse 19. Ah, Let's go to 17. 17 is a good one. Uh, This I say, therefore... And testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of your mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness to walk all uncleanness with uh, greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. You know what Abraham still has is the old man. He's got to let go of that thing. And the old man still, it still creeps up on him all the time. Uh, he's not saved per se like you and I are, but uh, he has the touch of God on his life, uh, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You know where Abraham liked? He's, he just failed in his faith. But that didn't change the Lord one bit. It never did change him. Verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which is after God, uh, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So we're sitting there and the day you got saved, uh, you put on the new man, but you still had the new man, the old man. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to mess up. Peter messed up. I, I hear people say, oh, look, at Peter. take your Bibles, go over to Colossians, one chapter over, one, one book over. Philippians 2, actually, Colossians is after that. Everybody always jumps on Peter because he denied Jesus Christ three times. I'm sorry to say, I think if I was there, I'd probably done the same thing. I mean, I'm no better than Peter. None whatsoever. Uh, Paul, Paul went down to Jerusalem. He's told, told two or three times by the Holy Spirit, don't go to Jerusalem. He does it anyways. Uh, we just get that thing inside of us that we think we know better than what God knows. And that is just such a hard thing to let go of in our lives, to let, let God have your life. Not just, not just words coming out, but I mean really letting, that's where faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You have to, you have to learn, I was talking to somebody the other day, I said faith is something you experience. It isn't something that you can just read about. Oh, I got it. No, that don't work that way. Uh, it works this way. You're driving down the road and the Lord says, join the Navy. And you look at him and says, I can't. I've done tried three times. Three times they said no. I didn't know that was the Lord. I had no idea that was the Lord. I just got saved. How in the world would I know that was the Lord talking to me? It's just a voice going through my head. Was, that probably happened to me my whole life. I just thought it was just a, you know, my uh, eager, uh, altered ego or something. I don't know. I, thought, I didn't know what it was. There was nobody else in the truck. It wasn't a radio. It was just a voice in my head. And I'm sitting there talking to it. And they ain't going to take me. I've already tried three times. My fingers messed up. All your fingers and toes have to work. And I listened after a little while. It took me a whole red light to get, get him to convince me that he needed to go over there and join the Navy. You could tell I really wanted to join the Navy. <laughs> it didn't take four or five red lights. It just took one. Uh, and I went over and gave it another shot. I said, hey, I'll give it another try. And that thing works out and away you go. Uh, the world is, it, most people just don't do that. That's called faith. You see that happen and you say, hmm, that worked like that. I wonder, 
And that, then you get that same small, still voice in your head tell you to do something. And you say, well, the last time I did this, it worked out right. I think I'll try that again. And you try it again, it works out right. And what you're, you're increasing your faith every time you do that in this thing that you don't even realize it. And pretty soon you're out there somewhere and, and you just uh, uh, you get this weird thought in your head. I'm going to do that. I saw it to a missionary the other day and I said, the, the world is crazy. I mean, the young people today, uh, I said, I don't even know if I can pastor much longer because I'm so far away from where they're at. I was telling them out there a few minutes ago, I was, I was watching this uh, uh, documentary on tennis shoes. I didn't know tennis shoes was such a big thing. When I talk about, I mean, multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, they sell tennis shoes. They have tennis shoe cons, like they have comic cons. They got tennis shoe cons. And people go in there, and these they went in there with cameras and stuff. Now, you, know, you don't know if it's true or not, but it looked pretty, pretty impressive. They walk in, and there's people waiting in hours and hours and hours and hours in line to get a pair of stinking tennis shoes. And I'm sitting there going, what would you do that for? And, I mean, they got wads of money like this big around, $100 bills, wads of $100 bills. Uh, and they're sitting there buying tennis shoes. Uh, they had a wall of tennis shoes that was, that was, uh, uh, it was probably about from the floor to the ceiling, about 15 foot wide, and it just had shoes all the way across, all the way up. They said there was over a million dollars worth of shoes on that wall. And I'm sitting there going, who would pay, number one, that much money for tennis shoes? And I didn't realize this. And then I'm sitting there looking. I said, Lord, this. And it wasn't just the tennis shoes. It's everything. It's, a, it's iPhones. i got to have an iPhone 57 or whatever the new one is. I mean, I want to go back to the flip phone. Actually, I want to go back to cup and string. You know, cup and string actually works. Uh, we, I was at a satellite station one time, and we had communications. And, and I was joking around with the guy, and I built this box of stuff in case of an emergency, what you do. And my boss come through one day and he said, what is that? I said, that's, that's my box in case of emergency. We lose power here. He says, what are you going to do? I said, oh, I'll show you. So I, I had a person sit at the end of the table at this end. I sat at the end of the table at that end. I opened up the box. I had a cup with a string in it that was cut for the end of the table. He had it at that end. I had it at that end. He would talk in his cup. I'd hear him at that end. I said, that's how we communicate. And he goes, but you're on a table. I, I, I foreseen what was going to happen with cell phones. I knew that was going to happen. You're in the same room, and, and you still have to do this, text back and forth. Uh, I don't know how you would even pastor people like that anymore uh, because you can't. I don't want to keep up with the technology. <coughs> but when you sit there and look at it, faith, faith is something you can't learn on a cell phone. And you can't learn by running, trying to get a pair of tennis shoes or running Black Friday, man. Oh, I couldn't even believe it. I get more of this stuff in the garbage about Black Friday. Crip. Thanksgiving, I, I'm still stuffed from Thanksgiving, and Beth's already wanted to put up Christmas stuff. I'm like, it's insane, man. I did hear somebody say something really good. Noah, my, my son-in-law, which is a blessing, he goes, he goes, I can't wait till January. I'm, I'm hating Christmas already. And I, I'm like, why? He goes, because I got to deliver all the packages. And then I, I heard on the news the other day that somewhere down in Alabama, Georgia, somewhere they found hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of packages in a forest somewhere. Uh, from a FedEx truck. <laughs> Somebody didn't like it either, man. It's like, these people are killing me, man. Uh, I'm just going to stop over here and dump them all off in the, in the jungle here, and, and hopefully they'll go away. But Abraham, Abraham had a wife that's 90 years old, and, and he sits there, and he goes down there, and he just hasn't learned that God can still take care of him. And in a day and an environment we're in today, brethren, what we need to learn is we need to learn that the Lord will take care of us. He will meet your needs. But the only way you're ever going to figure that one out is you're going to have to live the life. And it starts on a small, little, bitty, bitty, bitty baby, just like a little baby. You look at a baby. Babies don't walk for nine months to a year sometimes. 
and they crawl all over the place. They don't even crawl. They just lay on the floor and make a lot of noise. And all the moms, oh, look, look, they rolled sideways a little bit. Oh, look at that. They rolled a little bit the other way. Oh, oh, oh look, they said, ma. No, they're crying. They're crying. Uh, <laughs> parents always want their kids to be exceptional. And that's just not the case. I wish it was. It's just not the case. Uh, they, they are what they are, and some of them are ugly. Uh, they're not all the cutest thing, but boy, you tell a mom that their baby is ugly. <laughs> Your life is just about over right there. So uh, you just have to go on. But faith is just like a baby. A baby trusts mom and dad to take care of them, mainly mom, uh, until they get to the place where they can take care of themselves. They just, they just think that. Sarah's car broke down in, in uh, Starbucks uh, drive through the other day. And I was laying in my lazy boy chair, and I'm like, I don't want to get up. And I'm like, she's, she's old enough to take care of herself. She's got a car. she got AAA. Oh, that's your daughter. That's your daughter. I'm like, and Cassandra's with her. And I, I'm thinking, man, I said, well, she's got AAA. I said, let her call AAA. I said, she, they can deal with it. They'll tow her home. They'll do something. And then I felt sorry for all those people that was in the, the uh, line waiting to get around her. To, I know they were all dying for a cup of coffee. Uh, and I said, it's just not fair to put all the rest of them in trouble. So I go over to get this thing. And, and Sarah, uh, Esther looks at me, and I said, Esther, I said, she goes, well, Dad, this is your job. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what? She goes, this is your job. Dad's job is to come and get their daughters. And the guy, they had a guy from Starbucks behind her waving traffic around her to get them into the car wash or get them over to Starbucks. so they get, And he goes, ah, oh, Dad's saving the day. So I get her car, push off the side, do this, do this, and I'm driving to get the parts, and I'm sitting there going, I call the phone, pick up Beth, and I said, Beth. She goes, yes. I said, I got a question. She goes, okay, what? I asked Mike this. Mike gave me an answer. I said, uh, if I was stuck in uh, uh, Starbucks parking lot in the drive-thru, and my truck quit working, who would I call? <laughs> she had no answer. <laughs> Mike said, oh, you could call me. I said, yeah, I know I could call you because that's two guys who can fix things, who know what, exactly what to do. But you don't, you sit there and say, what is it? You know, it's faith. How do you get to a place out there where you just know what to do? It's faith. The Lord teaches you as time goes on over the years, and pretty soon you get to a place. If you get frustrated, I'm going to tell you, if you get frustrated when something goes bad in your life, that's lack of faith. There's a problem that you've never developed the faith you need. You need to stop and say, okay, Lord, what next? Okay, let's get through this thing. And the Lord already knows what the answer is. I don't care what the problem is. If you, if you work through that thing, guess what? You'll get on the other side of that thing with increased faith. What you're going to see about Abraham is that Abraham goes through all these trials. He's going to revert back to the old nature sometimes. But, brother, they didn't have a Bible sitting in front of their hands like you and I got we got some of the greatest stuff in the whole wide world sitting right in our hands, right in front of us, if you just read it. What do you do if I die tomorrow? Go to another church, I guess. I don't know. I mean, uh, find somebody else to take the place. I, that, but what would you do? You know, you shouldn't have to worry about that. Faith, your faith should not be built on Anchor Baptist Church or Mike Elliott. My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I learned he started teaching me that in 1980 at a red light. Actually, he taught me that in 1980 when I picked up a little Bible and started reading the thing. And he said, what do you think about this? And I said, okay, I, I kind of agree with that. I'm Catholic still. I agree with that. He goes, what do you think about this? He started, I think he started it on Fern Valley when I got off in the 62, or it was a 66 
Chevy 2 Nova with an inline six that was getting ready to throw a rod. And I sit there and said, boy, I wish somebody would hit this car and total it. And I get off the expressway and go around the curve and go through a green light, and a guy hits me and totals my car. Right there. I mean, within seconds of me saying that. And I just get out and lay on the car and start laughing. And, you, and the guy that hit me, oh, he had the most coolest car. He just got out of the body shop, painted everything out of this like It was a muscle, one of the muscle cars. Smashed the whole front end up. And my car was a piece of junk. It should have been in the junkyard a long time ago. And I'm sitting there looking at this thing, just laughing. He goes, what are you laughing about? I, you know, I said, I just said, man, I wish somebody totaled this thing out. And it just happened. Have you ever done that? Just said something and it just happens? And you sit there and say, well, that's God. That's the Lord showing you something right then and there. Uh, he puts something in your head. He knows the future. He could have had me slow down a little bit and the light turned green, red, and I would have just parked it and got it went on. He knows but, but nobody got hurt. So now I'm sitting there saying, I'd like a new truck. And I said, Lord, would you hit my truck? He hadn't done it yet. <laughs> I'm thinking, just hit my truck. Let somebody hit my truck. And that way nobody gets hurt and I get a new truck. But it doesn't happen that. I don't know why it happened. I think the reason it happened there was as, as I was lost and he was moving me into a direction of a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, 1980 to get saved. And all that stuff was building my faith and trust in him. Because I had to somehow get to the place to say, who is in charge of this thing? Who, who is in control of the whole thing? It, can't, it either just happens accidentally everywhere or somebody is actually in charge of it and overseeing it. And I'm like, that's the Lord. You know what? That's Abraham's doing the same thing. He lets his old man get back in there. Over in Colossians 3.9, 3.9, 3.9. It says, lie not one to another. Have you ever lied to somebody? Don't tell me you hadn't. Lie not one to another. Seeing, uh, I have. Seeing, uh, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So the only way the new man will come into play is in the Old Testament, Abraham actually got to see God. In our case, the Holy Spirit comes inside us. We get renewed. Our, our spirit comes back to life. Our soul uh, is sealed unto the day of redemption with the Spirit <laughs> by the Holy Spirit. And we get, uh, we get contact with God that way, and all of a sudden, we start growing. Uh, you've got to grow. We have to grow. There's just no possible way. Abraham had to grow. Uh, here's a, here's a greatest, one of the greatest passages in your Bible, really. Verse 3, Genesis. Back to Genesis 20, verse 3. I was looking at this. I said, this is an easy passage, man. You should be able to buzz right through this thing. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night. And said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come uh, near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also the righteous, a righteous nation? That's the exact same thing Abraham just said over there on the side of the mountain when he's talking to God about Lot being down there. Will thou, will thou destroy the righteous? Uh, if, if, you, if you find 50 righteous in that city, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? He goes, No, if you, he said, no if I find 50 down there, I won't do it. And he get him all the way down to 10, and, and then the Lord breaks off and goes, does what it does, and the next thing you know, everything gets blown up. Abimelech, brother, I'm telling you what, you don't need these cell phones. I'm telling you what, you don't need these cell phones to communicate. Abimelech knew exactly what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, and he wasn't going to let that happen to him. He already seen what God has done, and the, even in Pharaoh, when, when the Jews came out of Egypt later on down the road, and they're traveling over, when they got to Jericho, Rahab knew. She, goes, she knew everything that had happened in Egypt. Word travels. 
Word travels. And there is a God that just will wipe you out if you mess with these people. Uh, you would think that Balak and Balaam wouldn't have messed with them, them coming up here. But Balaam tried to get Balak, Balak tried to get Balaam to curse him several times. And that was the worst thing you could ever do. You would think that you had already known that God can't do it. Balak, Balaam knew. Balaam and Balak both knew uh, that that thing. But Abimelech, what you're getting here is probably one of the, uh, the best studies of a problem and solutions. What about the heathen? Uh, have you ever heard somebody say, well, what about the little pygmies over in Africa that I never heard? You ever heard that? Somebody said, what about the, the, the people over in Papua New Guinea up in the mountains, the headhunters that's never heard about Jesus? Or down in Brazil that's never heard? Or how about in, the, in Arizona? I mean, there's probably some people in Arizona that's never heard. What about those people? How about the guys down in Dayton that's never heard? God will deal with them. He will get them every single time. Go to Romans chapter 1. That, uh, the, the, oh, man. It's the greatest, this great book. There is, there is no excuse, zero excuses. And guess what? There's zero excuses for us. <clears throat> a lot of us, I mean, we want stuff. Those tennis shoes things, I couldn't believe it. This guy made a, uh, uh, he, was, he went into a company that actually makes tennis shoes for you. And they showed this girl running on a, he takes them into this big old room. And I didn't know there was this much money in tennis shoes, but he takes them in his big old room, treadmills and all this other stuff. And this girl is running on a treadmill. And he goes, yeah, we're, we're checking out uh, how she impacts everything. And then they show him the picture of this girl running the, the screen that they look at. And this lady has uh, pressure points. She has little things on her all over the place. Brother, our country, there's something wrong with us. There's something wrong with us. So they have these things all over her body. And when they look at her, what they see is a skeleton running on this treadmill. They don't see no lady, no body, no flesh, no nothing. no sinews, no nothing. What they see is, is bones. They see feet and bone legs and arms and shoulders and everything else, but it's just bones. And they're looking at the way she's running and how she's impacting that shoe. And I was sitting there going, they put that kind of money in a pair of stinking tennis shoes? And you sit there and look at that thing, and I'm sitting there going, this is insane. And then they start selling these things for $2,500, $3,000 a pair, and people line up for miles to go in there and buy them. And you say, what is it? Well, it's communications. Our communications is definitely wrong. Uh, Romans chapter 1, it's, it's, we, we sit there and look at the wrong things. Uh, 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest. Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness uh, in men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They do that on purpose. Because that which may be known of God is manifest to them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. There's none. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. So they start quenching the spirit of God in their lives. Lost people. And people say, well, how do they get to the place where they're at? Because they quench that thing and quench that thing and quench that thing and quench that thing and quench that thing. Pretty soon God turns them over to reprobate mind. He's done with them. And it's over. And you say, then you start looking at the world, you see that thing, and I'm telling you what, if you start watching that stuff too much, what will happen to you is you'll get discouraged, and you'll think there's no hope. There is still hope. 
Just like Jake, I talked to him the other day, and he said he led that guy to the Lord. There's still people getting saved. There's still people. But if you look at the world and you see the corruptness in the world and everything out there, you would want to quit. And the thing to do is never quit. Abraham got down there, and, and Abimelech is sitting here, and he has a dream, and the Lord is warning him in the Old Testament, just like he does everybody else, don't do it. You ever had that small, still voice in your head saying, don't do it? <laughs> Or don't go this way or don't go that way or, or be careful here. Be, you, you ought to heed that thing. Uh, there's a reason why that thing is there. And sometimes the Lord, it, it, I think he, he lets us go against it just like Abraham did here. And you have to get the old smack on the side of the head. Modern man always seeks the, quit, the answer. He said, uh, the heathen are innocent. Uh, they're not as innocent as you think. Uh, lost people out there, you know, but they just don't know what they're doing. I guess they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, I pretty much knew what I was doing before I got saved, and I still know what I'm doing after I got saved. Uh, they know right from wrong. They got it, man. They know. Uh, they can receive extra biblical revelation, uh, which you cannot receive. They'll see stuff, just like Abimelech. Abimelech got word from God because the Lord had a plan for Sarah's life and Abraham. And Abimelech, you're not going to mess that up. And God will do the same thing for us. As a matter of fact, there's other people in our lives that sometimes will walk away from us because the, the Lord will, will get them away from us because he says, i got a plan for this person's life, and you're not going to mess it up. That just shows you right there that the devil is constantly in this thing. you got two, two forces fighting. you got God on one side, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and you got the devil sitting on this other side with all his little minions, and he is constantly trying to thwart his plan. And if you ever get to the place where you get into his plan, he's going to come after you to try to mess you up. And you just got to stop that saying. Acts, go over to Acts. This is New Testament now. Go to Acts. It's the exact same thing. Never changed. God deals with lost people the same way all the way through your Bible. If you haven't hardened your heart. I'm not saying y'all are lost in here, by the way. But if a lost person doesn't harden their hearts, God can deal with them. Chapter 10, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of a band uh, called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and always uh, prayed to God. You can see which way Cornelius is already headed. He's leaning uh, toward God no matter what. He just doesn't know what to do. He saw in a vision, evidently at the ninth hour of the day, an angel coming from God, or uh, angel of God coming into him, and saying unto him, Cornelius, you know what that tells you? That God knows exactly who you are, lost or saved. Uh, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, uh, what is it, Lord? So he, he responded the correct way uh, and said unto him, thy prayers and thy alms are come uh, up for a memorial before God. Have you ever met somebody who, who is lost and they do the right thing? I mean, they just got good moral character. They just do the right thing. Uh, they help, they do what they're supposed to do, and, and it's just amazing. Uh, verse verse, uh, verse uh, 5, we'll go to 5 now. Uh, I pray as I'm in memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged with one Simon the Tanner, uh, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou dost do. And when the angel which spake to, unto Cornelius was departed, uh, uh, spake in the corner was the party. He called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. He didn't hesitate. He did exactly what? 
the difference between a lost person heeding the word of God and a lost person rejecting the word of God is right there. Uh, you get to somebody like in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, where they've seen a blade of grass and they say, oh, that just happened in nature. Oh, that just happened here. That just happened. That was just an accident. That was just this, this is, that's evolution. That's evolution. Uh, and God has showed time and time again different things in life that there's just a, a person with a reasoning mind and heart, which we all have, you should all come up with the same conclusion that there has to be a God. And the moment you come up with there has to be a God, then the next step is the Lord's going to start lightening your path down that path, just like he did Cornelius. And pretty soon you're going to believe in God. But the question is, is do you know him yet? And once you get to know him, then it changes again and you head down another path. But he's moving them into that direction. He's doing Cornelius that way. Cornelius tells, he, he didn't hesitate to tell somebody, two men in his house, three of them, he said, hey, you ain't going to believe this. What? <laughs> and I was just right over there and an angel popped up. I mean, it was like invisible. And then all of a sudden, there it is, an angel right in front of me. And they're like, yeah, right, sure. They believed Cornelius enough that they believed him. Cornelius said, hey, this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. And this angel told me to do this. And then he disappeared. And he told me to send to Joppa and get this guy, and he'd come tell us what to do. He said, I want you three to go to Joppa, to this place, to Simon the Tanner's house, and you'll find a guy there named Peter, Simon Peter, and tell him what I just told you, and he's supposed to come. Lo and behold, on the other side of that thing, the Lord is dealing with Peter on the exact same thing. You know what that tells me? That God is dealing with the world to get the lost. If he is concerned about the lost, you know what we should be concerned about? The lost. Are my, but you know what will happen? Go back to Genesis. Man, I didn't even get started. <laughs> we'll let the world creep into our lives. And things will happen where we just don't trust God. And the problem is we'll make a decision based on our lack of faith in him. And we'll end down with Abimelech. And we'll let our wife and our family and everything go right down the tubes. Because we're afraid to trust God. Why not just trust God? Did God not get you out of the trouble with Pharaoh? Did God not come down and talk to you? With, but brother, that's just us. Now, there's, we mess up. So we need to understand we mess up. The key then is to, once we realize we mess up, he's always faithful. He's going to forgive. Uh, all you have to do is go back and get that thing under the blood. Man up, woman up. Do whatever you got to do. But get up and just move on down the road with Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the whole bottom line. Abimelech said, hey, I didn't do nothing wrong, man. I mean, he told me she was her sister. As a matter of fact, he didn't record it there, but a few seconds later, Abimelech says, and she even said he's her brother. Man, Sarah and him done rehearsed this thing down with Pharaoh, did the exact same thing down there. Uh, Sarah already knew what the response was. She's my sister. Abimelech probably looked at her and said, servant said, are you, oh, yeah, yeah, he's my brother. She already knew exactly what she was going to say. Abimelech heard her say it and told that to God, and the Lord said, yeah, I know, I kept you from sinning. People say, oh, I just want to. No. If you do it with the right heart, the Lord sometimes will take care of it. He did that with a lost man right here. That's what he does. He does stuff with lost people. Uh, actually, a Gentile, a Cornelius, devout, feared God, but lost. He saw a vision. He listened. Uh, what was said, that doesn't mean he had to do it. He told others what happened. He wasn't afraid. And he sent and he did, he did exactly what he was told. There's the key. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you hear something and you react to it and do what you think the Lord told you to do with what you just heard, that is faith that is built upon day after day after day in your life. 
Uh, that's why I told uh, I told uh, Jake the other day. I said, Jake, after 37 years, man, I've had people call me all through the time, saying, "Hey, thank you for this. Thank you for this." I've been in other rooms. As I tell the story all the time, I'm sitting in a room with Brother Siler, and phone rings, and he's la 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 la, hangs up, and says, "Hey, Brother, Ellie, you know who that was?" I said, "No." He said, "That's a guy I was dealing with 20 years ago." He said, "That happens to me all the time," and I'm sitting there going, "That's that's exactly what happens all the time down through life." And you start seeing that stuff, and, and you're back here doing stuff, and, and you let the world go by. If you start getting involved, this is just, I'll stop after this. If you start getting involved in so much stuff in this world to keep your mind churned into this world, you'll never see the hand of God. You'll see little bits and pieces, but you'll never see the hand of God. You're too wrapped up into everything else out there. You know what you got to do is let go of that stuff. Get up on the side of a mountainside somewhere like Abraham did and just stay there. You say, well, I'm in a city. Okay, but you don't have to become part of everything the city does. Uh, and, and, and if an angel happens to come like Cornelius and pop into your room, and if he does, I think you're in trouble. But you got a Bible sitting in front of you. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. I've got a Bible sitting in front of me right now that I can sit down and read at any time. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, I, read, I just read through Ezekiel, finished Ezekiel, starting Daniel. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, this, this is crazy. I said, we're a bunch of crazy people. The end of Ezekiel, uh, you get the tribulation, you get the Jews being resurrected 37, 38, you get uh, the, uh, the millennial, it's a millennial chapter, 39 is the, uh, the, the tribulation, Jews coming out of the end of that thing. Then you go into the millennium where they're building the temple and all the other stuff that's happening there. And the Lord is, this is what I want for you, but somehow we choose this other stuff. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, people say, I don't understand Ezekiel. Yeah, because you don't want to do what God wants. You know, God wants us to be a certain way, not because he wants us, because that's the way it is. And, and for us to get into that thing, we just need to get into it. Father, thank you for your many blessings this morning. What a book, Lord. Nah, but this whole world is crazy. Lord, uh, if we get all wrapped up in what's going on here, it, get, it just gets crazier and crazier. Lord, help us to stay back from it. We got, we're in the world. We're not of it. Uh, we got to live in it. We got to watch it, Lord. But like Abraham, Lord, help us to... Uh, just back away from it. Lord, when we